I cannot even tell you how excited everybody. Welcome to Happier by the Minute. And I am doing a big focus on Happier Mom by the Minute, which makes a happier kid by the minute, which of course makes a happier family by the minute. So welcome. I am with one of my super favorite people. I just seriously, I get so excited when I am anywhere around Eric. I learned from him. I actually... I'm not sure if I found Mind Valley because of you or you because of Mind Valley, but you're one of the main reasons I went to Estonia. And then hearing you speak that like this man has like every angle of life. You just want to follow him, whatever he's doing. But um, you and then of course I signed up for your speaking academy um, when I was in Estonia, and that totally changed my life. And um, this whole spiral in the last two years, I just told you I quit my high paying job. I'm not sure that um, everybody knows that yet, but now they do um, to go world school my kids. So it's been a really, really amazing journey um, with you and that tribe. But today we're gonna talk about the human kid diet. What do you think of the that? The human kid diet, There's gotta, that's gotta be a book title. <laughs> I will allow you to have that. I will allow you to have that. So thank you everybody for joining. Super excited. Eric Edmeads here and Stacy Seller with Happier by the Minute. Eric has all kinds of different things he does, but one of the main things that he started was Wild Fit. Um, we're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about the human diet. We're going to talk about the food industry. We're going to talk about media, like all in a tiny little hour. So, um, but of course, I, for the few people out there that don't know you and why you started Wildfoot and what it is, can you give us a synopsis of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny, you and I were just talking before we went live um, about the money-making quests that we in, undertake in our lives. And, you know, I think when I was young, it was all about, whoa, apparently Instagram just, um, <laughs> just got subject to gravity. All right, there we go. So anyway, um, you know, when, when I was a kid, for me, you know, my highest directive professionally was I got to go make money. I mean, you know, there are cars that have to be bought and, and jewelry that needs to be purchased and all that kind of stuff or whatever, right? And um, there, there came a point in all of that where I, I really determined that my health was not working. And I and I and I I was dealing with a number of major health issues, and and doctors were unable to help. Uh, what I didn't understand then that I do now is that doctors are largely trained to deal with the management of symptoms, but not the prevention of or even the cure of disease. And so, uh, one day I just you know some friends sat me down. We had a conversation about food. I made a few changes to my diet. And all of a sudden, over the space of the next 30 days, my life was so completely transformed that it was like I was, an in, I was a new person living a new existence. And that really drove me to want to learn why, to learn why my doctors hadn't been able to help me with that, to learn why even my, even like, even surgeons in my family, you know, weren't like, no, it, it, it just, it just wasn't like that. And of course, you know, one of the things I discovered in those early days in the early nineties was that. Uh, you know, a doctor can go to medical school for minimally six years, but up to 10, 12 years and not study food at all. It, 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 in fact, I've now been polling doctors in countries all over the world. And I've only found that I believe in Albania, they, they do six months of nutrition as part of their medical de degree. That's the only country. The rest of them, yeah. it, food is elective. And so here's the funny part, though, is that I, I, 
that really got me curious and it got me doing research and it got me thinking. And, and so I, I ended up developing a bunch of ideas that could help people. But what, what there were two things that were distracting me. One was I still had to make money. I mean, there wasn't any money in helping people with their health. It's because it, it, people don't, people pay for stuff. When, they don't pay for prevention. And, and the other side of it was that I wasn't a doctor. I wasn't a specialist. So what was I thinking? And so I just went back into the workforce at that time. And I, you know, I started another business and I got involved with different things. And then one day some clients asked me to help them and I did. And what frustrated me was that they didn't change. I gave them exactly the information they needed. I told them exactly what they needed to eat more of and exactly what they needed to eat less of and what they should be doing or not doing for exercise. And, and they agreed with me and then they didn't do it. Why? Why don't we do what we know we should? You know, I, I've really, if there's one thing that I've devoted a massive amount of time and meditation and research and thought to, it's that question. And, and that led me to create a process that really uh, underscores one of my beliefs. So I developed a method of education and transformation that we call behavioral change dynamics. And what happened in, is that uh, I recognized in my schooling the vast majority of my teachers and the, you know, the, the short time that I went to university, the, the professors that I spoke to, it was clear to me that for the vast majority of them that they felt that learning was the student's responsibility. And I come from a different ethos. I come from this place that teaching and getting the information into the student's mind is the teacher's responsibility. And so I then decided, well, if that's true, then it must be my job to somehow integrate the, the, the education and also effectively facilitate transformation. If that's, and so I sat down with everything I understood from evolutionary biology, nutritional anthropology. I, I got the food and the nutrition part right, but then I started working on the behavioral change part of it. And that's what changed everything. So our first eight clients went through this new process and they changed. And, and it wasn't effort for them and it wasn't willpower. It was just that they changed. And so that's really, that's the genesis. That's how it all started. And, and now we've had what over 30,000 clients in 130 countries around the world. We've reversed more cases of type two diabetes that I can shake a stick at the uh, hypertension, autoimmune disease. We've, we've helped people who have been struggling for years to have babies who have finally given up on all the weird interventions that they were involved with and just simply changed their relationship with food and boom pregnancy. So it's been the most gratifying work I ever could have done. And ironically, of course, it's built a really great business too, which is economically rewarding, which of course allows us to reach even more people Yay. i mean the one thing that uh, there's so many things about wild fit that are amazing but it really is changing the psychology and changing the relationship to the food so i mean that is one of the things that's so amazing hi everybody um and what i really appreciate about this is that we're modeling it for our kids right so let's yeah. talk about kids because i really there is such a struggle and i think one of the biggest challenges that you have with wild fit in teaching us like what are the right things to do is the constant barrage of media false information. What is it? 65? Or I think there's even more hidden names for sugar now. Yeah. I mean, those are the hidden names. And then there's this when it's hidden entirely. And, uh, and, and, and what they understand, like the food manufacturers, basically, they think like drug dealers. Yes. So what I, and I mean that literally, like what they understand is that the earlier and sooner they can get 
the kids onto their substances, you know, the, 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 the sooner they can begin the addiction cycle. And also remember that kids' level of consciousness in our thinking, you know, the, the development of like real memory and, 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 and the understanding of consequence and so forth, that happens as you get older. So if we can get the kids addicted before they've got that, before they've got reason, before they've got logic, before they understand the consequences of their action, well, then they'll be addicted by the time they want to do something about it. And it's okay because now they're addicted and, and they're going to stay a client. And that's basically the way this whole system works. So, you know, I, I, I remember my, my mom was so good. You know, we were only allowed to have the good cereals. Other children were having Fruit Loops and, and Frosted Flakes and chocolate-covered, cho you know, sugar bombs and stuff like that. We were never allowed those things. My mom was diligent. Only Corn Flakes and, and Rice Krispies and stuff like that. <laughs> Well, of course, bad for you. <laughs> here's what we know is that the number two ingredient on cornflakes is sugar and the number two ingredient on Rice Krispies is sugar. It's just that Kellogg's and Post figured out that if they made blatantly sugary vegetable, vegetable <laughs> blatantly sugary uh, uh, cereals, that they could hide in plain sight the still sugary but apparently healthy ones that are fortified. God. And so now we get the kids addicted to sugar immediately. And by the way, what did we add to our to our cornflakes and rice krispies as if there wasn't enough sugar already? Sugar. Yeah. Oh God, it's so wrong. You know, and, and I, I can't understand how as a society we allow a box of cereal of, of Fruit Loops with this, you know, the, the cartoon figure and it says part of a healthy breakfast. Like part of a, you know, it always says like part of a healthy breakfast, like what part of a healthy breakfast, the bad part of a healthy breakfast. So it's so crazy. Let's see. Wait, let's go back. It looks here. like our Instagram feed got cut off. So I've tried yeah. to rejoin. I see you. Let's see if it works again. And if it doesn't, people can catch this. It'll be on my podcast, which is Happier by the Minute on iTunes. And it'll be on my website. So we'll keep trying. This is fun. I love this. Thank you. Okay. So I was talking about the cartoon pictures on the cereals down at the kids level, part of a healthy breakfast. So, you know, even if we aren't, you know, for, for those of us that are educated and know that that's a total blatant lie, our kids are down at that level. They see that really cool uh, cartoon figure. And, you know, even at age three, I started telling my child, you know, that's a lie those people put that picture on that box so that you would want it but it's really really bad for your body and they're lying to you like and that's something i learned from you get mad at the sugar industry get mad at them so that you don't feel guilty or you're not trying to reward yourself with it actually there's so much you've just touched on there you know first of all you're absolutely right that they lie and 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 here's a funny little sidebar my first company was uh, we dealt with barcode scanning, printing technologies, data capture, inventory management, that kind of stuff. So our clients included uh, large retail chains like Walmart and, and uh, or Asda in the UK that was bought by Walmart and Debenhams and all this kind of stuff. So we learned a lot about the way inventory management was done and shelf placement was done in stores. And one of the things we found is that the drug dealers pay to put their cereal at kid eye view they actually pay for the placement they 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 preferentially negotiate to get their cereals with their little cartoon characters and their little 
ridiculously environmentally destructive plastic toys. And they put them in there because they are aware that one of the most powerful principles in marketing relative to kids, remember that when you are selling to kids, the parents still has to buy. So what what you recognize in marketing terms is that the kid is the influencer, but the parent is still the purchaser. So how do you convince the parent to buy noxious, toxic, addictive, disgusting breakfast cereal for your child. What you do is you get the child to use something called pester power. So once the kid has seen the box, and, 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 and I'm deeply, I'm, I, you know, I've been a huge fan of Star Wars since I was a little kid. I'm deeply resentful of Star Wars banding together with companies like Coca-Cola because now children go see something that they're so fondly connected to attached to this disgusting, toxic food food. I don't even think we should use the word food. And then the child sits in the grocery store and says, oh, please, mommy, please, daddy, please, please, please. And there just comes this point where parents are worn down. And they think they'll just do it the one time. But what they don't recognize is that once the kid has had that stuff once, the begging is only going to get worse. It's so true. Pester power, pester power is so real. And it is every day. I mean, and we eat fairly healthy. We don't do fast food and we like don't have soda in our, like as adults, we eat really healthy. Um, And I think that my son in Europe one time had a Fanta soda, bright orange, Pester power, we're on holiday. I cannot tell you how often he still is like, can I have a Fanta? Can I have a Fanta? And I've gotten to the point where I say, if I say yes to that, that's like giving you a cigarette. And we know how bad that is for your body, but he's so brainwashed by the coloring. And I mean, it's not just the sugar, the food dye. My son has ADHD. So food dyes are really, really impact him really quickly. And so, and I try to, you know, do the reasoning, like, look, you know what happens. Um, I'm really careful to not say, mommy doesn't want you to have that. I don't want you to have that. I don't want you to have that. I really try to get into your body doesn't want you to have that. You don't want to have that. Your brain doesn't want you to have that. Like I, everything I'm doing from the, from this young age is how do I get them to not want it versus they're not having it because I don't want them to have it. It, it, It's okay. So uh, this comes up a lot for me. You know, clients are always asking me this through WildFit. For years, they have been, and um, and so one thing that I've really determined of, uh, as a result of this is that um, there are kids that are at different levels of maturity and consciousness. So that that's part of the, the equation. And then the approach you take with children is different at different ages. Yeah. And um, and so, like for example, when somebody comes to me and says, "I have a brand new child." what's your advice about this? My advice is don't let them have it like at all, not ever. And you know, it's funny because um, I've had some people come back and go, well, then you're robbing them of the opportunity or you're robbing them of choice. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, it's funny. My parents decided not to have me baptized as a child because they said that your choice of religion should be something you do with consciousness. (laughs) Right. Like we're not going to like buy you a lifelong membership to this here church. We're going to let you figure it out for yourself. Well, let's do that with food. Right. So the trouble is, is that once we allow the uh, uh, once we allow the sugar in, then the the gateway's been opened and it's going to become pester power. And then even if you won't let them have it, they're going to sneak it somewhere else where here's something fascinating about children. Children do not like new things. 
So what that means is, is that there's a time when they're very young where you can introduce things to them. But then there's another time around about three or four where they start like liking what they like and not wanting new things. And what's crazy is, is that for most children at three or four, new things include broccoli. Yes. Where, where I would suggest that new things should include chocolate and candies and stuff like that so that when you you know so i remember at one point my son going to some other party and 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 the people offered him candy and he says no i I don't even know what that is so can i have an apple and their question is like how how did you get them to do that well i didn't get them to do it i didn't get them to not do it so at that very young ripe age the idea is don't 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 do business with the drug dealers don't let that stuff in in the first place then you get to the other side, and we'll, we'll go to the middle here, but you go to the other side, when, once they're about, you know, between 13 and, 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 and say 18 or so, in that realm, they do start understanding consequence. And so, but this, at the same point in time, they're going to win anyway. So you can, you can forbid them from having stuff in the house. You can forbid it, but they'll get it outside the house. They'll, they'll, they'll get it. So you don't want to do it through force. You want to do it through consciousness and, and, and so forth. And so there are a couple of things that I recommend about that. Uh, one is this, don't ever push. Always work on attraction rather than on pushing. So in other words, it, the more you push your kids to not do something or to do something, the more they're going to do the opposite. They just That's the teen spirit. They're meant to do that. So instead, don't push them. My son called me one day and he said, actually, we were in person and he said, I want to I wanna buy uh, this. I'm going to buy this car. It's a beautiful old Jag. Okay, look, I have, I have a huge amount of respect for some British engineering. I think the Mini's a great car. And frankly, the Jaguars too. But from 1970 something to 1980, like, no, no Jaguars. But I knew that because I had done the research when I wanted to buy one, but now he wants to buy a Jag. But I know in that moment that I forgot, no, no. Now no. you don't want that. Yes, then he's going to yes. buy it. <laughs> yeah. So I said, yes, I think you should. And he goes, you do? And I go, totally. You should buy the Jag all the way. And he goes, why? And I go, because it's sexy. It's awesome. Girls are going to love it. Uh, downside is most of the time, the girls are just going to be sitting in the driveway because <laughs> it's going to be broken down quite a lot because, you know, you should do your research, but they do break down a lot. But don't let that stop you. Oh, and also, it's got like a eight-cylinder engine, so it's going to drink gasoline like you wouldn't. Like it's going to, you will ne- you'll barely be able to afford it. But don't let that stop you either. <laughs> Jump right in. And you're going to have to be working so much to pay for the repairs and the gas that you won't have any time for dates, but for sure get that car. Yeah. And so so in the end, you know, like I was fully behind it. And then he goes, yeah, but if it's going to be all painful for me like that, why would you want me to buy it? And I go, because I'd rather you learn the lesson now on an $8,000 mistake than learning it later on an $80,000 or $800,000 mistake. We all need to learn this stuff eventually. So you may as well buy the Jag and learn it now. Well, we want to do the same thing, I think, to a degree with food, is not to push them, not to cajole them, and not to manipulate them. Well, let's use the word manipulate carefully. If I, if I move this bottle, I've manipulated it. The question yeah. is, is my manipulation ethical or not? And, and so what we want to work on is, like, in a sense, ethically manipulating our kids to go in the right direction. So here's one of the things. They get to an age, and even after four or five, they can start seeing this, but definitely when they get into 10, 11, 12, 13, and beyond, they can start seeing the consequences. So they go... Can I have it? And you're like, you can. Yeah. But I just want to remind you of something. Sometimes 
it makes you, it gets your mood funny, right? Sometimes you end up having temper tantrums. So I don't know if that's going to happen this time, but I just want to remind you that that happens sometimes. And you know what's crazy? I've seen this with kids. They eat the thing and then 30 minutes later, they're having a temper tantrum and then they go like this. Is this because of the Coca-Cola? Oh God. Thank God. And they see it. Yeah. And it's yeah. once they see it, they go, well, then you're, all you're doing is something we in WildFit call you're, you're, is, is examining the food timeline. And most people only ever look at one point on the food timeline. Whereas if we expand the food timeline out and we look at the consequence, then we won't do it. And so that's a really, um, you know, that's a really like uh, uh, interesting way of dealing with it. Here's another way with your older kids, like, you know, again, 13 plus at the point in time, Look, I see a lot of kids, these parents these days, like, I don't want to give, I don't want to, I, I don't want my kids to have to think about money and all that kind of stuff. They should think about money. Money is a thing. It's a thing. Yes. It exists. And, 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 and the sooner that they learn about it in a healthy and responsible way, then, you know, great. Then the more, uh, the, the better they're going to be at it later, right? Yeah. The sooner, so, the so, better. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's give them an allowance. Okay. There it is. Now they have an allowance. And what do they buy with their allowance? They buy frivolous, they, they buy non-essential clothing, movies, video games, and junk food. Yeah. And, and of course, you still buy their essential clothing, yeah. but you don't buy the brand name stuff. That's on them, right? Yeah. That's on them. And, and you still pay if you take them to the movies, but if they want to go to the movies on their own, they've got an allowance. You see, yeah. you, you're not cutting them off financially, but, you're, but here's where it gets fascinating. Stacy, you sit in the, at, the, at the dinner dining room table, you know, in a restaurant. Can I order a Coke? You can. It's going to be on a separate tab. <laughs> oh, yeah. No yeah. kidding. It's, yeah, going to yeah, be on yeah. a, it's going to be on a separate bill. And yeah. then he, they go, do you still want it? And so I did this with my son once and he had money with him that I'd given him to uh, like for a, during yeah. a period. He was visiting with me and gave him some money. And he also had a game he wanted to buy and all this kind of stuff. And so suddenly he had to weigh the consequence of yeah. the decision. And the consequence was, how's it going to make me feel later? And it costs money. So Whereas good. my dad is totally prepared to buy me this here fresh squeezed orange juice or water yeah. or, you know, something like that. So these are some of the, you know, some yeah. of the tools we've developed. So good. So I have a five and a six year old. I've already messed them up, right? I've already let them have it one time. So let's get real. I'm totally honest. I'm not going to pretend that they only ask for broccoli. Um, so now what? So I've missed the window of don't let them have a cheese pizza. Don't let them have, um, you know, some candy. Um, and so one trick I do is also I have given a visual of um, like 25 sugar cubes on a chart. And I'm like, this is how much it's recommended you have in a day, right? And 25 grams of sugar is nothing, by the way. A yogurt has 10, you know, so it's, it's not hard to get to 25. And a soda has like 78. And so my, when he was seven years old, could look at the back of a bottle and be like, oh God, this has 25 grams of sugar. Okay, I don't want that. You know what I mean? Because that's your whole day. So but what can we do? Like, that doesn't always work. Like once we've sort of missed the window of just don't give it to them and they're asking for it and it's the pester power. And it's funny because on some things, sugar cereal, never, no way, Fanta, it's like a cigarette. But on the other things that are emotional triggers for me, right? Like, I don't want to deny him cake on his birthday. Like, come on, that's important. Like you know, he's not feeling well. And I know a cookie makes me feel better. So like there's a ton of that. All right. 
So my daughter is going to be four. Uh, in fact, her birthday party is like on Saturday. So we're getting ready. And what's she already asking about? Cake. Yeah. But you got to know that the cake she, I mean, you know me. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah. That the cake she's going to eat is, yeah. is going to be a very different cake than the cake most people have. Sure. Now, I'm not going to pretend the cake is going to be healthy for her yeah. because it's cake. Yeah. But what we're going to do is mitigate. We're going to make sure that, the, that whatever sweetener we use is as healthy a sweetener as we can get. We're going to make sure that whatever grains are being used, that we're, we're doing the best we can. It's definitely not going to have dairy products in it. So, you know, it, 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 w one of the ways is to uh, get them on the less damaging, less addictive versions of those things. That's yeah. one way to cope with that. So, and, and, and by the way, using your language is important. Uh, um, Zoe really likes this cheese it's fake cheese she's never had cheese but i i can't think of the name of it now but i was talking with like uh, some friends of ours and, and and elise about like how we talk about that because zoe started saying i like cheese and i said you know what i don't think we should call it cheese it's called like like zina or something like that i can't remember the brand name yeah. but i said we should call it zina whatever the brand name is yeah not cheese because we don't want her developing in her language already the concept of i like cheese yeah because yeah. what we want her to say is i don't like cheese i like this other thing totally, and so there's a languaging yeah. thing that we can do there now the other thing is you got to pick your battles right so you're in the hardest window unfortunately like <laughs> if you can keep them off it then then you can sail through five and six so much more easily yeah. but if they if they if if the drug dealing industry got a hold of them and now they're you know now they're in rehab you got to try and you got to yeah. try and figure out their rehab so yeah. so there's a couple things that i would suggest about that um one is pick your battles. So like, for example, my son uh, lived largely, well, lived entirely with his mother after we split up and he would visit with me. And so I, I decided to pick my battles. What that meant was if he was visiting with me for less than a week, I wouldn't fight the battle. It wasn't worth it because fighting the battle, the, you know, it's like, like with heroin, you got that two weeks of vomiting and stuff. Well, with sugar, you got, with kids, you got three days of the begging and the anger and the mood swings and the hormone screw ups and so forth. But then after the third or fourth day, you end up with the most delightful children ever. Mm -hmm. So my deal was that if he was staying with me for less than a week or five days, I wouldn't bother with it because why bother? Why go through all of that so that he can just link up feeling bad when he's around dad 100%. and feeling great when he's, you know, so, so, but if he was with me for a week or more, then I'd fight the battle. I'd fight the battle because I was going to get like, you know, the, the time I really made this distinction is I took him to Africa for an entire month when he was nine. Nine's a tough, you know, you're in the, it's in the same window. It's tough. Yeah, during yeah, that yeah. Stage. And I fought the battle. I fought the battle because I was going to have him for a month. And it was outstanding. He was delightful and cheerful and upbeat. He slept well. Like it, it was, it made all the difference. So picking your battles is, is kind of important. And then here's the other side is it's easier to pick your battles when you're an away parent like I was. It's tougher when you're there all day. And so here's what I would suggest to you is there are some, instead of trying to make a wholesale change yeah. and instead of trying to make them food obsessed and that kind of stuff, yeah. It's, it's more a matter of beginning to have them see the linkage. So for example, ADHD, I, I have a funny attitude about ADHD. I, I just think ADHD is like a higher gear and yeah. like any higher gear in the car, if you don't know how to drive it, you're going to slide all over the place. And of totally. course, what happens is when you put sweeteners and artificial flavorings and stuff, then it amplifies it even more and gets it all crazy. So, so what do we want to do? Well, first thing is, I, I, I often think that, what, what, that um, 
that attention deficit disorder is actually boring teacher syndrome a lot of the times. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> we, we want to make sure that we, we like address that side of it. And then the other side is we want to address the dietary side of it so much because it can tone it down so much. Yeah. So here's the thing. When there's a temper tantrum or there's a huge amount of distraction or there's, there's just like disturbance and you can tie the relationship back to the food, then you can point it out. You can, not, not yeah. in non-manipulative, not I told you so, yeah, just yeah. more like concern. Like for example, if, here's a good example. Let's say you, you were in the Caribbean somewhere and there was a guy cleaning the coconuts off the top of the tree and, you're, and your children are standing looking up like that for ages and ages and ages. Well, it's totally possible that the next day they're going to have a neck ache, right? So uh, you as a parent, you, would be, you wouldn't go, you see, it's because you looked up at the coconuts. <laughs> like, and, and unfortunately, that's right. what parents are like, it's because you had that Coca-Cola. No. Totally. no. Yeah, Instead, yeah. you go, oh, your neck is sore. Do you know that happens sometimes when you yeah. look up for too long? Yeah. yeah. Now, the next time you're out somewhere and they start looking up, you can go, you remember last time? Yeah. Look, look up all you want. I just yeah. want to remind you that last time. So it's not preachy, it's coaching. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, you know, one of the paths that you can go with them is just beginning to have them make that link up, shorten the food timeline for them so that they become more cognizant of the consequence at the beginning. Again, I think what is so important about what you just said is awareness. And I think a lot of times as parents, we get distracted. So we give them this sugary thing and then we get distracted and they start, you know, melting down. But we are so in that moment triggered. We're not even stopping ourselves enough to slow down and say, wait a minute, this might be because of that. We're trying to manage that situation so much that we're not even going back and and, and saying, oh, wait, I'm noticing this too. I wanna do a plug because I think it's super important that people understand that they can learn all this through WildFit for themselves. Like this WildFit is one of the most life-changing um, things you can do about food. It's not a diet, it's a way of changing your attitude. Um, I wanted to also say that I think one trick um, that you do that I learned from you is sneaking healthy food, not sneaking, but putting healthy food in front of them. So I juice a lot for my kids. I don't know how you feel about juicing, um, but I try smoothies, but they have texture issues. So I juice apples and spinach and put it in a cup. I mean, they know it's green now, but if they ever say, I don't want it because it's green. Okay, here, take it in the Superman cup. Here you go. You want a Superman figure on the outside? There you go. Actually, when my son was really little, I just remembered he used to like juice boxes. So I would just dump the juice out and then I would put the spinach juice in it and just tape it back up and be like, here you go. Uh, and he'd have no idea. So, um, you know, I'm not, I don't want to sneak it, but I also want to get it in and I don't want to argue about whether it's green or not. Well, you know, what's funny is the, the sneaking is an interesting word. There's another way. And that is, uh, this is fun. How do we get kids to drink alcohol young? How do we get them to smoke? Well, what we do is we do the very behavior we want them not to do yes. and then tell them not to do it. Yeah. Right? Like that's how, that if work? you don't want your kids to smoke, guaranteed formula, smoke in front of them and go, yeah, you don't want to do this kid. It's no. not good for you. Like that. You. Yeah. That's ideal. That's the way you get them or alcohol, have the alcohol and go, oh no, no, only for adults. 
Yeah. Right. So, so, well, I did the same thing. I, I, I did the same thing to my son. At one point he came to visit me in Turks and Caicos. I, I, I made smoothies. I made fruit smoothies. I, I, I do prefer smoothies over juice. I don't think juice is ideal for a lot of reasons, but it's better than Coke. So you right, got to do, right. do. do what I can. But yeah. I, uh, I, I made smoothies and I made fruit smoothies, but I only made one for me and one for Elise. <laughs> and I didn't make one for Daniel. And he's like, what's going on over there? Why didn't I get one? Oh, these are for adults. You, yeah. you wouldn't like it. And, and, and he's like, well, how do you know I wouldn't like it? And so I took out a shot glass and I poured a tiny little bit in, because isn't that what we would do with alcohol? Yeah. We'd go, okay, you can have a tiny little sip, right? And I, I gave him a shot glass and I go, there you go. And he goes, I really like that. So I go, well, if I make one, I don't want to waste it. Are you really? Yeah. And he had it and it was fine. And then a couple days later, I decided to throw a bunch of kale and spinach in. But what did I do? I made three colorful fruit smoothies. And then I, I poured out his into his glass. Yeah. Then I added the kale yeah. and the spinach. And then I put the three glasses on the counter. Well, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> and kids don't like that. So he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why yeah. is mine pink? Yeah. And why is yours green? Well, you know, with the green, it's, it's good for like building muscles and that kind of stuff. And adults should really have that. You don't, it's a kid, it's, it, as a kid, you don't really need that. <laughs> well, I, but what if I want it? And so I, I think that we, now look, I, I'm sure there's somebody out there on the Instagram land that's going to go, this is offensive. That's manipulative. Okay. You know what? Coca-Cola <laughs> is manipulating your children. Kellogg's and Post are manipulating your children. Nabisco is manipulating your children. Every so minute. I just got to figure, I, I, I'm going to have to do the best I can to unwind it. Yep. It's so true. It's so true. And that is the battle. So what... I don't know, what can you do? I mean, of course the grocery store, go around the outside, don't go down that aisle, don't take them. I mean, I, I definitely avoid taking my kids and I think I've gotten them to a place where they, they know not to ask, obviously, because I'll say, you know, it's just, it's not good for your body. It's not good for your brain. I think, it, you know, well, I, I was thinking about making videos for kids about what it does to their body. Like I try to show them the entertain an entertaining way of what sugar does to your brain and what it does to your body later because they don't understand the consequences of you know because you know what they're gonna enjoy the cake right now what they don't understand is that 20 years from now when you can't stop eating cake that's when it's a problem yeah yeah and of course when they're young their bodies are a lot more resilient i mean most of us, like you're in my rough generation, we were able to get away with the, the cereals we had. I mean, look, uh, when you were a kid, how many, sorry, politically incorrect, but how many quote fat kids, because that's what we called them yeah, in the yeah. 70s. Yeah. How many fat kids were in your class? None. You know? yeah. I, I, I distinctly remember three in 12 years of education, three. And I can still remember their names. That's how outstanding that was. Yeah. Of course, today, it's exactly inverted. Like right. most children in, in, in America, uh, in Canada, in Britain, and most of the Western world are now dealing with some level of, um, of, of obesity or starting obesity. And so, so yeah, it's, it's, it, it's challenging. Here, here's, here's one other thing. Kids value naturally, they value freedom. And at the age your kids are, I think you can actually start talking to them about not that sugar's bad for you, mm -hmm but that sugar's addictive. Yeah. In other words, you say to them, you know why they put sugar in this stuff? They put it in there to make you want it. Yeah. So that you don't have a choice. 
Yeah. And, and I, I'll tell you that, that that often kicks in and it works for them because they're like, wait a minute, they're controlling me? I don't want to be controlled with that. And so, you know, as they get older, that argument will become more and more solid for them. But it's, it's, it's and you know, listen, let's not give up on kids either. I had the most incredible experience. We traveled up Vancouver Island with a film crew to visit a bunch of wild fitters. You know, there were so many of them and we just like stopped in at their houses, kind of like the old like Ed McMahon, like sweepstakes <laughs> thing. And it was so fun. And we got to this one house and uh, Amber's place, and, and we got to Amber's place, and, and Amber had, had had huge success with WildFit and been fantastic. And then, uh, um, and she introduced us to her son, River. I think I'd actually met them both before, but now we're at their house and we're talking. And River is, has just transformed his life. I think, he, if I remember correctly, at the time he was 12 or 13 years old. No, yeah, 13 or so years old, and he'd lost about 20 pounds. So just think about that, okay? Like, 20 pounds overweight at that age was not a good future. So that's awesome, right? Yeah, so then yeah, I said yeah. to River, I said, River, like, how did your mom talk you into this? Like, I just wow. want to know. How did your mom? And, and, and his mom busts out laughing and he said, she, she says, um, she says, uh, I didn't talk him into it. He, he talked me into it. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I hate to do this. I'm t I have to leave the Zoom for one minute because it's I know you're home and there's suddenly some kind of a delivery, but I'm still going to be with you on Instagram. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> That's totally fine. So we know how it is. This is real life. This is life in the pandemic too. Like you never know. All right. It's all good. So somebody on Instagram is saying I'm 70 pounds overweight, but can't afford anything until November. What can they do what for right now? What would you say to people who it's about cost, whether it's wild fit or whether it's about eating healthy is expensive? Well, you know, I, I think that, that, that uh, there's a couple things. I mean, right, right away, I can just tell you that um, uh, reducing your dependency on carbs is a big, big deal. You know, if you, if you can get yourself to a place where you keep your carb count way, way down, then you're communicating a different signal to your body and you're gonna make it a lot easier for your, for your body to lose weight. The trouble is, is that any rule that I give you now is yeah. going to be a willpower-based rule. And, um, and, and so that's the difficulty. I could say to you, you gotta cut out carbs. Well, most people can't because they're addicted. Yeah. One thing you can do that's in the very affordable, like easy to do range, is if you go to getwildfit.com, we actually have a two week reset and it's only like $27. It's yeah. not the full program. You don't have to go through. Many people just do that and it changes their relationship with food and, and, and it helps them deal with their addiction and then they move on. And so that might be a good path for you. It's only $27. And I would guess, I would guess that many of the changes that you would make will actually save you more than $27 over the next 100%. month anyway. Is that wildfit.com? Getwildfit.com. Let me see if I can even get you the actual reset URL. Oh, uh, thank because, you. Because I, because the resets fair, is that fairly new? That um, is a new thing that we've yeah. added because we had a lot of people coming to us and saying, I really need your help, but I really can't afford to go through the whole program. Now, the joke of that is, is that the whole program, uh, we've polled our clients and found our clients report that they save on average on a prescription, med on, on, not a prescri on, on, uh, on supplements. Yeah, that's right. Prescription medicine and supplements, they save $500 a year after they've done wild fit. So it's actually cheaper to do the program than not to, but we had a lot of people that needed uh, even more help than that. So we created this 14 day reset and the, the URL is getwildfit.com slash reset. Awesome. 
when I replay this too in post edit, I'll put that in, make sure that it's in there so people can see this. And if you missed any of this, you can catch it. Um, it'll be on the podcast happier by the minute um, in about a week. It'll also be, you can follow me on Instagram, which is happier by minute. Um, and also on my website, happier by the minute, you can catch all of this stuff. So for sure, um, if you missed any of it, don't, it's, it's so worth going back and listening to the beginning. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to talk about, um, is, oh my God, there's so many different things because, and I'm like running out of time. So I think that again, putting I think also if you're overweight now or your kids are struggling or whatever it is, one of your best pieces of advice, um, and you know, there's three that are really important is breathing, which people take for granted, adding more water, especially, you know, for your kids and for you and, you know, sneaking in more vegetables, you know, where, um, where, and, and I have done at the dinner table, the, there's something called the division of responsibility. I just put out a lot of different things and don't say, you know, this is what you have to eat that's on your plate, but here's a bowl of carrots, here's a bowl of broccoli, here's some peas, here's some guacamole, here's, you know what I mean? And then they really have the responsibility of choosing their meal and what's healthy, so. Yeah, that is a big part of it too, is just change what's around them sometimes. You know, it's, um, it's, it's a funny thing. My grandparents always had a plate of nuts out all the time and but but vitally the nuts were all still in their shells so you had to crack them and so what it meant was you weren't really going to eat too many of them because the, your hand gets tired like crack 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 so it kind of had a built-in mechanism for a nice healthy thing that you could snack on in a moment but equally not something you were just going to run away with like a bowl of crack nuts might be and so you know making things convenient that way i think helps a great deal what is the other worst food for kids? I mean, so obviously the hidden sugar, I think understanding hidden sugars, because one of the challenges we have as parents is the word natural. And we're like, oh, okay, well, this has to be good because it has natural sugars or it has, what are some of the other, you know, um, coconut sugars or like, if you just feel- Uranium, like uranium is natural. Okay, well, that's, Arsenic you know, is natural. Uh, yeah, so probably. You know, so the word natural doesn't mean anything other than apparently unadulterated and in, in, in it's existing in its original form. And even that's not really true because in the flavoring industry, the difference between artificial flavoring and natural flavoring is that artificial flavoring has artificial chemicals and garbage in it. And natural flavoring has artificial chemicals and garbage in it and just enough natural substance to call it a natural flavor. So, you know, it, natural doesn't mean a damn thing on your food. Just leave that alone. And, and, and um, frankly, organic, it's the same. I mean, yes, I do believe that when we're talking about produce and vitamin and, and getting our, our, our vegetables and our fruits and that kind of stuff and meat, organic is a good thing. But on any processed food that says organic on the front of it, it's still like- Organic macaroni and cheese isn't better. <laughs> I would say absolutely not. Yeah, and wow. and so what, you ask so... like, what, what is one other food that's like really yeah. detrimental to children? You know, I'm going to say something that some people might find alarming. I, you know, most people don't anymore. When I first started speaking about this back in the early 90s, people thought I was a nut bar. But milk, cheese, yogurt, cream, 
those are not ideal foods for humans and they're definitely not ideal foods for children. And, you know, that could stimulate an entire huge debate, but I, I, there's a couple of quick points I'd make about it. One, Dr. Spock, the famous, famous pediatrician who for many years said, you got to get your milk when you're a kid came out against it in the end. He's like, no, this is absolutely wrong. And, and but you know, milk does some... a body good. Come on. That's what we hear every day. <laughs> Actually, you know, what's crazy. You don't hear it anymore. Oh, cause they, finally... but you hear it in your head because they bought that headspace for you. But you know why you don't, you don't hear it anymore. I doubt you will ever in England, Canada or America. I don't know about other countries right now, but I doubt you will ever again, see an ad for dairy products that claims health benefits because it's false advertising. They, they, I don't think you'll ever see it again. They'll, they'll, they'll lie. They'll say, got milk, good for you, right? Think about that. Got milk, period, yeah. or question mark, yeah. good for you. That, that is a subliminal workaround <sighs> around false advertising principles to say, got milk, because it's good for you. It's, yes. it's an it's a intended double entendre, a manipulative, deceitful, disgusting circumvention of false advertising laws, I think. And so I, I, I want to be really clear that... Um, getting dairy products out of our children's lives is, I think, one of the most important things we could do. It's right up there with eliminating sugar. First of all, it's full of sugar. And, and, and secondly, it's full of hormones. And you know what hormones are? I mean, ultimately, the best way to think about hormones is they are software instructions. Wow. That, that's what hormones are. They're software that, instructions. That's helpful. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. And so a, a cow is making milk with hormones, software instructions for a baby cow to help that baby cow grow a thousand pounds in its first year. Yeah. And now we're giving those substances, we're giving those software instructions to our children. And we wonder why it is that we have girls that are starting to get their periods years earlier than ever before. They're starting to grow breasts at nine and 10 years old when that, you know, like we're messing with their hormones. I, 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 and also, look, I know you know this, but. A human mother makes different milk week by week yeah. by week for yeah. her baby. And, and I know this because we went through some issues with, with breastfeeding with Zoe and all this stuff. And I was sourcing uh, breast milk for Zoe. And, and, and I found a really great way, place where you do it, where it was actually available week by week. The week that you're producing in, in, in week nine is different than it was in week four. So then that asks the question of what month of development was the cow in when you drank its milk? You know, and so, no, I, I really believe that one of the biggest things that we can do, and incidentally, I'm very happy Canada has removed dairy products from the plate. You know, there's the, the food yes. guideline plate. Yeah, they yeah. removed it put it in a tiny, insignificant little cup to the side yeah. because they're no longer allowing the dairy industry to buy their way into our diets. On Instagram, they're asking, what about goat cheese? Well, look, it's still not like, it's still, it's still not. Uh, meant for human. It's meant yeah, for and, and, I, like, would you ever like go under the goat and like <laughs> no. yourself? Would you do that? Like, no, I don't think you would. And you've just been conditioned to think that it's okay to do it. And so what about cat milk? Would you like some cat milk or, no, or would no, you like no. hamster milk? No, no. Or, or, or rat milk? How about pig no, milk? No, 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 no. no but no, why no, is goat? a cow and a goat are okay. Yeah, because, you, because you've been conditioned. conditioned. Here's a great example. All right, I'm gonna tell you something really shocking. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. In England, there's a company that makes ice cream made from human milk. How's that going? <laughs> In Switzerland, there's yes. a restaurant where 80%
of the dairy foods on their menu, the creams and sauces and so forth are made from human milk. Have you tried it? No, I haven't. Why are we so weirded out by that? But there's the question. Why are we so weirded out by that? If you give somebody a little sample taster outside the mall and you go, here's this new brand of milk we're trying. You should try it. And they, they drink it and you go, oh, it was cow milk. They go, mm, it tastes like cow milk. It was goat milk. Oh, I've never had goat milk before, but okay. It was pig milk. I don't know about that. It was human milk. Ah! Ah! <laughs> like, Which, oh. by the way, you, you started your life on, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, God. and oh, that God. just, you know, the dairy industry's done a really good job of making their milk seem somehow more natural than, uh, than our milk, than actual human milk. So, no, I, I, I really clearly children, all adults, all people should not be on dairy milk and, and children especially. If you want, by the way, acne, yeah. ear infections, Sinus infections? Yeah. You want to get rid of those? I'm not saying getting rid of milk will get rid of all of them, but I would tell you that getting rid of milk in most cases, like I'm talking in the upwards of 80% more or more, you will have a massive reduction in all of those symptoms if you take milk out of the equation. Milk, cheese, yogurt, and whatever. So let me ask you really quickly. So Zoe is four. She's turning four. Yep. What does she eat in a day? You know, um, we and I just, here. because as a parent, we're like, well, these processed crackers are easy and they're organic. So they're a little bit better. This granola bar I can throw in a lunchbox. Um, you know, what, what does she eat in a day? Um, and I'm, it, yeah. I, 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 so I, I want to be a little cautious about this because I'm not here to be prescriptive about what you give your children. I'm just going to say as best possible, what yeah. I have uh, strove to do is to mimic as close possible as an original human diet. So I can tell you that um, when she like, you know, she was breastfeeding, that's what she was on. Like she was breastfeeding. And then as that, you know, as she started moving toward the end of breastfeeding, then we, then we take a look and go, well, in nature, how would this play out? What would be next? Well, then they would eat pre-chewed food that we had, whether we were eating a piece of fruit or some vegetables or some meat, you would choose some and you would give it to her. And so we did that. And so I, I used to like, we'd get ribs Sorry, we're not a vegan family. We're eating ribs. We, you know, give the best ethically possible ribs we can, but they're ribs. And so we're, I was having some ribs and I would take a piece off and I would hand it to her. And I'll tell you something, she responded more strongly to that than any piece of watermelon or whatever. She just loved it. And then I, I'll never forget this image in my head. She just grabbed the whole bone from me. She's like, <laughs> she grabbed the whole bone from me, put it in her mouth. And she's walking around the house with the bone in her mouth. And, you know, so, so we started her off in a very, like very traditional paleolithic, not paleo, paleolithic wow. kind of way of dealing with things. Yeah. And then and now today it's gotten more practical. You know, she, she goes to school, she's around other kids and so on. So like, for example, at the school, they're going to have muffins and cake. So we don't want her to feel deprived. So we make her the best possible muffins and cake we can. We would rather use say raw coconut sugar than refined rat poison sugar. Yeah. And so you know, uh, we would rather use a gluten-free flour of some kind, like maybe an almond flour or something like that. And so we do the best we can to substitute for those things so she can have them. Um, at night, I, like I've been having dinner with her pretty much every night since she's been back here with me in the Caribbean. And, and you know, we have a meal and it's made up largely of a good, healthy, solid protein, you know, uh, fish or meat or, or eggs or something like that. And then some vegetables. She quite likes broccoli and, and avocado. Although apparently last night she decided she didn't like avocado, but she'll change her mind again because that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and, 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 and of course here in the tropics, she gets quite a lot of tropical fruit. And we do give her juice, Stacy. I do give her some juice, but we give her very watered down juice. So we'll make fresh squeezed fruit juice and then water it down 
because we don't want to slam her with that much sugar at a time. Tell the story about when uh, she was asking for juice uh, from the fridge and she was um, crying for it. I want juice and how that helps. Uh, that's a good story because we, it's, it's in helping them change, the, reframe um, how they think about things. Yeah, you know, um, we, we, we have to be very careful. Emotions are everything. I emotions are the, the glue that causes memories to stick, lessons to stick, and so forth. And so whenever our kids are in a peak emotional state, that's when we need to be very careful because they're going to remember that. If okay. your kid's bored, you can get away with murder because they, they're not going to remember. <laughs> but if they're peaked, if they're peaked out up or down, then you're likely creating a memory. And, and, and if that memory is the assessment of a meaning, then, then you're writing to their operating system. 100%. So, so, so here's an example. Zoe and I walk into the kitchen one day and you know, she likes to sit up on the counter and watch me cook and stuff, right? So we walk in and she just throws down her arms and she goes, I want a juice. Now, the funny thing is, I was about to go get appropriate, her. by the way. So, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Normal, normal yeah. behavior at that stage. I was about to make her a juice, yeah. but I, I can't do it now. Yeah, right. And so, so I, I, and, and I want to be clear about why I can't do it. I can't do it because first of all, you are the one that trains your children to learn how to get what they want from the universe. If I give her a juice when she asks like that, that's how she's going to ask for a pay rise in the future. Yeah. So, so no, I don't, I don't want to do that. The second thing though is, is that she's driven her into a downward negative. I want a juice. It's low grade temper tantrum. And so she's going to be recording, right? Her recorder is on. She's recording a memory now. If she was bored, no memory but she's having an emotional state, so there's a memory. So if I give in to her at this point, and then I go give her a juice full of sugar, so she's gonna get a big dopamine rush, she's gonna create this linkage that says, when I have a tantrum, I can get out of my tantrum by using sugar, because I get my dopamine rush, and boom, it's a lesson locked in. Yeah. And so my approach is very different. I go, I go oh, Zoe. And she's like, what? And I go, I, I, I want to give you a juice but I can't. And she goes, why not? And I go, cause you're, you're, you're having a bit of a temper tantrum and you just, you shouldn't have juice during times like that. It just doesn't work out very well. And she goes, well, 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 well juice. And I go, wait, 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 we, we might be able to save the day here. Yeah. She goes, what, what, what? And I go, can you think of a better way to ask for juice? And she goes, can I have a juice please daddy? And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm going to get you juice right now. <laughs> And now we're going to reward that with a big dopamine rush. And it's so great. I like that story because it's, it's real. I like the, the real stories. So um, I'm super conscious of our time because you are a super busy man. We have about four minutes left. And I really want to just touch on, there's a lot of people listening who are during this pandemic, their home they're really reevaluating their lives, right? So yes, we're home with kids. Now we know how to feed them and how to get out of um, the cycle and how to get out of um, feeding them in, the, in a temper tantrum. But a lot of people are like, what do I do with my life? And I'm gonna take a huge swing right now, but it's something that I think you are such a master at. You are so amazing at, at teaching and offering opportunities to people. And I want to touch on the business freedom. And even as I was looking through your website last night, 
you have a downloadable strategy sheet, um, get more done by doing less. And you know what am and it says on the top, what am I most excited about today? So I just thought if you spent a couple of minutes talking about business freedom or things that people, as they're reevaluating, like just a whole nother burst of motivation at the end of this of what can people do if they're sitting in this going, what what's next for me? Stacey, I want to share something that is so advanced and yet so simple that if you can get it, it can change everything. Um, but it's so simple that people ignore it. And look, life's short. And the older you get, the more you begin to realize that, right? The years, I think it's one of the issues of um, relativity. And that is that when you are 20, you only have about you know, 10 years of really strong cognitive memory. And so a year is only 10% of your life experience. And so consequently, it feels quite long. By the time you get to 50, a year is now a very small percentage of your life experience. So it goes by in a, in a heartbeat, right? So, so we, we are, uh, um, we're dealing with the fact that, that life is short and that most of us are living in some kind of uh, um, constant uh, trying to surf from one high point to the next high point. Um, I live, I'm lucky enough to live somewhere where most people come for vacation. So I see people on the beach and I know that many of them have worked their tails off and a lot of them are American, which means they only get two weeks of vacation every year. And they've worked so hard to get this two weeks on the beach. And, and so I, I what I want to do is I want to maybe change that paradigm a little bit. Um, you know, in, in Hinduism and Buddhism, we talk about life is suffering. And, and so I don't like that idea. I don't like that idea at all, but it's, but I've, I've, I've come to realize it's true that the baseline experience of life is suffering. If you don't go and get food, you will suffer. If you don't take care of your social conditioning, your, 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 your social networks, you'll suffer. If you don't take care of your body, you'll suffer. So life at its base is suffering. And then suffering is designed to stimulate action. Suffering is designed to get us to change. It's just like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Therefore, move forward. Because otherwise, if you, if you, other, on the other end of suffering is dying, right? So suffering is just like the warning that says you might be headed somewhere bad. So, okay. Here, here's what I was really trying to say. All these people out there are looking for their purpose and their mission in life. And, and I want to just distill it and simplify it. And, and I, I'm going to say it twice. I'm going to say it once for your recording. And then I'm going to go and tell the people on Instagram because I want to say it properly. We have one minute and 25 Your purpose in life is to have fun. Amen. Your purpose in life is to have fun. And so two distinctions about this. Please take this away with you. One, find more opportunities to have fun. And here's the tough one find ways to make this tough stuff fun. Amen. Amen. I can't even tell you how valuable that is. And on your website, the business freedom, all these different things, you give a lot of strategies for that. You clearly are a man who has fun with his life. Um, it doesn't mean that it is perfect all the time. I think people have to remember that. The other thing is I teach positive psychology, which is such an amazing tool because it doesn't say that you have to be happy all the time, but you can use tools to build your boat before you're in the storm. You can build a baseline of happiness so that when you are feeling down or something hits you, you're not down for as long. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And those are really powerful, powerful messages and tools. Um, and I think surrounding yourself with like-minded people um, who bring you up, I really preach, don't watch the news, 
watch shows like this, you know, do things that are going to uplift you that are going to add value to your life. So um, all the people on Instagram are going to get kicked off soon, but you can catch this on happier by the minute. See you later. Cause that's going to go off. That is very exciting. We're still on, um, we're still on zoom. And so before I let you go, um, anything else? I just, that is, it's so super fun to talk to you. Um, you're such a wealth of knowledge. I'm excited to share this with so many people. Um, but everything, not just WildFit, but um, business freedom and um, just think what you're doing in the world. I'm so grateful that you follow your passion, your wisdom, your intuition, and that you share all this. And I'm grateful that I found you and that you welcomed me into your tribe. And it's, I, I'm, I'm taking off to have fun. I'm going to go, our first stop is Bali. Good deal. I love Bali. I absolutely love Bali. And when I, I have my list already of like, I, I have some like crucial business travel that I'm having to do. But when it gets to a time when I'm ready to start doing elective travel again, yeah. Bali is like very high on the list. Oh my God. Well, we were going to come over to your side and go to Barbados, um, but they're not letting Americans in. So, no. <laughs> so no, they are. We are allowing Americans here in the DR. Um, okay. But but you're right. Most of the Caribbean is not allowing that for the time. Yeah. Being. So we might end up over there. So I'm going to call you. But if we're over in Bali, then you call me. Um, but I just I've learned so much. And I, I think we owe it to our children to uh, show them a life well lived. And I'm just grateful that you are doing that in so many different ways. And thank you so much for coming and doing this with me. I am so grateful. You're so, very welcome. It was my honor. Absolute pleasure. Always good to see you. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Give Elise and Zoe my love and stay safe and stay well. Love you. Bye.